0: Hi there. What I'd like to talk to you about today is the topic of food and how foods, the way we eat, how they're prepared, can actually affect the body mind in both very positive ways as well as have adverse effects on our psyche as well as our physical body. Many old cultures have empirical knowledge of how foods affect the body. So today I'm going to put on my Chinese medicine hat and be a clinician for a little bit. And share with you some interesting information that these old cultures have. A lot of this has crossovers with also Ayurveda, Ayurvedic medicine. And these old cultures have learned these things through empirically observing how different foods affect us. So we'll get into that as we get deeper into the podcast. First of all, we can't talk about food without discussing the shadow aspect of how eating disorders are very pervasive in our body-centric culture. Now, when I say eating disorder, right away, you might think of a person who's anorexic or a person who's bulimic. Many of us can actually fall in between those severe clinical labels. Whereas when we're younger, food is one of the few things, you know, our pooping, our peeing, and food are one of the very few things at a young age that we have to have control of our environment. So before we're even verbal or cognitive on that level, people, kids, infants can withhold or overeat as a way of compensating for the anxiety they're feeling. That is compounded by a culture that's so body-centric. And that yes, some people really don't care, but their not caring can also be a way of dysmorphia of not having an idea of how much they're actually disconnected or overconnected with how physically they look. So whether we under-eat as a form of control, which is actually very pervasive in the spiritual community, the yoga community, martial arts community, because there is so much awareness within the body. So yes, if you have a very intense yoga practice, the asanas will feel different depending how much food you put into your system, how inflammatory those foods are, and how much you weigh. There are certain things as a martial artist you're not going to be able to do if your body has a certain amount of weight. But also, it's very easy to transgress from that understanding to actually using it as a form of anorexia. By anorexia, I don't mean someone who weighs 80 pounds. I'm talking about the way our mind works as a way of using food, or not ingesting food, as an unconscious way of controlling our emotions. The same thing works with overeating. Many of us, because we're disconnected from our bodies, we don't connect with the satiation point or what our body's trying to tell us. So we can overeat, we can grab for food, 11 o'clock at night, we go to the fridge, raid it, eat things that actually make us uncomfortable. So this piece has to be examined for all of us, and we have to take an honest inventory about where we're at. It's not an issue of judgment, it's an issue of understanding. So those of us who have this uncomfortable, unconscious dance around food can fall in one of those categories. We can be overly disciplined, overly concerned with what we're consuming, or just wing it. And not care. These two extreme ends of it is something that's affecting many of us. Again, it's not just the eating disorder person that has to be hospitalized. Now, as we always talk about, listening to our bodies by feeling them is actually a wonderful step to deal with these things. Those of us who have chronic, deep rooted issues around this really need external help, therapeutic help to get to the root of what's causing it. Those of us who are sort of in the middle and we kind of know we have a funny dance with food, we have to become more aware and be more kind to ourselves, more gentle with ourselves. And the way to do that is to actually be in our bodies. So the exercise that I always share with you of being embodied, which we'll do at the end again of the podcast, is a good way to check in with ourselves. Am I hungry? Am I angry right now? Am I anxious? Is that why am I reaching for food? Is that why I'm skipping food? Now, people's constitutions obviously has a lot to do with this. Some people are tanks. Their digestions are metal. They can eat anything. They can eat rocks and be fine. Lucky for them. Many of us actually are quite sensitive. As we get older, our digestions tend to get more sensitive in that they get weaker. If we've played around with radical diets, that affects the digestion adversely. So one has to take inventory again of how sensitive are you? And if you are a tank, are you eating unconsciously or are you aware of what you're putting into your body? The wild thing is many people who are sensitive can still disconnect from their body by being in their head all the time and actually make things much worse by being disconnected. I want to talk about refrigeration. So one thing off the bat that all these old cultures talk about is not to eat foods that are very cold temperature-wise. So if I grab ice water from the fridge and drink it at, let's say, 50 degrees or 60 degrees, that's very traumatic to the digestive system. Your body has to heat everything up and churn it up to 98.7 Fahrenheit to be able to actually use it. So when you drag something out of the fridge and eat or drink it, that actually impairs the digestion. So it's just common sense, right? You want something to be warm in order to be ingested. If you add something that's very cold or also raw, the digestion has to work much harder to digest it. Ironically, people who actually tend to run hot, quote unquote, and I'll talk about that in a second, will actually crave something very cold to drink. Which in turn actually makes the body work harder and to actually a, weaken the digestion and make the body even hot. So, if you are a person of a certain age and are having hot flashes, you might actually crave ice drinks. Or if you're a person who tends to run hot, you might crave ice drinks. But ice cold drinks are really destructive and actually make you feel worse. That's why so many cultures, when you visit, People in more desert areas, they will have hot tea as a way of cooling themselves, not ice drinks. Yes, ice drinks aren't usually available in the middle of a desert, but also the heating element actually cools us more. Now, I've been wanting to do a podcast on food for a while. The reason I'm doing it right now is because one of these food fads that always seem to pop up every couple of years has come up, and the recent thing is drinking celery juice. Now, most of us turn to be very acidic in our body because of how much acidic foods we eat. So whether it's overconsumption of proteins, of starches, of sugar, of alcohol, of coffee, of nicotine, these things can actually make our bodies very acidic, quote unquote. So having greens, they're very alkaline and it's really wonderful. The issue here is that many people's digestions are actually very weak. So to do a juice fast when it's summer and it's hot out for five days, 10 days, wonderful. If you have an incredible digestion and you can still drink juices and not be affected adversely, good for you. But for many people that I treat who live in a place like New York City, when the temperature is dropping, when it's 30 degrees out and they're still doing these juices and many times these juices are cold, meaning they're out of the fridge cold temperature-wise, they start having really adverse reactions in their digestion. Common things are bloating, indigestion, the inability to actually be able to digest other foods that they eat by getting gassy, by getting discomfort. These are very overt signs of the digestion being off by eating too much or drinking too much raw foods and also having very cold drinks. An interesting empirical observation of these old cultures is their distinguishing of properties of food as being heating or cooling? That might seem absurd to our Western mind, but it's something that if you pay attention, you actually will discover that makes sense. For example, the Greek dish of tzatziki, yogurt, cucumber, salt, these are all very cooling foods. So it makes sense in a culture that is hot people would consume cooling foods. Let's take something like scotch or whiskey. In a country like Ireland, like Scotland, England, that's damp and cold. An alcoholic drink that's actually considered hot, which is why the natives would call it fire water. When we drink any kind of booze, we wake up and live a night and feel hot. These are actually hot energy foods. So it would make sense in a culture that is cold and damp that we consume foods or drink something that actually is drying and hot because it disperses that. It's something that you can look up. I don't want to get into it because it's, it will take days really, but it's very interesting. So there are foods that are hot. There are foods that are cold. Now going back to that tzatziki, that yogurt dish, it's interesting that it's very cooling But then also, there's a placement of garlic in it. Garlic is actually a hot, warming substance. So you balance that very cold food with an herb that actually is warming. Here's an interesting story about garlic. Years ago, in the 80s, when I was working with ARC and AIDS patients, autoimmune disorders, and before these wonderful medicines had come along that saved so many lives, people were desperate. So people were looking for anything that helped. So one of the things that some of the guys had discovered was that garlic has antiviral properties. Now, garlic is an incredibly hot substance. Yes, if you use one clove in food that you're preparing for four people, it's not going to be an issue. But when there's that element of fear that one's dealing with and people are grasping for anything because they're dying and everything and everyone around them is dying, we actually will do anything that might be helpful. So what some of my patients were doing at the time is consuming massive amounts of garlic, literally crushing clove upon clove upon clove and mixing it in drinks and putting it into food and chewing on it raw. Lo and behold, they would have all these similar issues, which included breaking out in their face, feeling incredibly irritated, it's what heating foods do, starting to get insomnia. That's what too much heat does. Being very irritable, something that too much heat does. It was really interesting, painful, but interesting to observe how everybody was having these symptoms when they overindulged in a certain kind of food. So this is something that we have to keep in mind. If you're pouring cold juice into your gut and you tend to be someone who's hot, you might get away with it for a little bit if your digestion is strong. If you're starting to get symptoms like bloating, like indigestion, you got to pay attention. And one of the things that happens is that as we get older, our digestions tend to get weaker. So in Chinese medicine, for example, when people are ill, they're very much into the idea of making soups and broths. Now, again, a lot of old cultures do this, you know, root vegetable broth, if you're vegetarian or chicken soup, broths. And soups are pre digested. So, yes, we do kill vitamins and minerals when we cook things, but also we digest the food before we put it into our stomach. So, if you consider that a certain raw food has 10 units of energy, if you have a very strong digestion, you can ingest that and actually absorb that. If you have weak digestion, that 10 units doesn't go anywhere because the body can't digest it. If you are someone who has a weak digestion and you kill so much of the vitamins and minerals, but if you can at least digest that food, that will tonify your digestion. So that actually will be more useful to you. Now, am I saying you have to cook the hell out of everything? Absolutely not. Pay attention to where your digestion is at and be clear about how you're feeling. Because we're so disconnected from our body, it's very common to jump into these diets without paying attention. So this celery juice thing is something that I've been seeing for the last couple of months. Some people are great with it. Some people who have over-acidic conditions, skin conditions, getting a lot of breakouts in their mouth, they do well with it. But also, there are a lot of people that I treat who've really gotten worse and they didn't connect the fact that they were drinking a cold thing first thing in the morning. So Their digestion was off. They were getting loose stools. They were feeling cold. They were feeling uncomfortable. These are signs of the body running too cool. So pay attention. An interesting substance is coffee. So people love coffee and everyone's doing this research. Yeah, drink nine cups a day. It's really good for you. That's absolutely insane. So most people's adrenal systems are blown out. Adrenals are these glands that sit on top of your kidney. They produce adrenals. Their function was to kick in 10 times a day, five times a day. Lion jumps out, (gasps) your breathing gets shallow, your muscles get tight, and you get into the fight or flight mode. Your hands get cold, your feet can get cold, because all the blood is going deep into your muscles, getting you ready to fight an animal or run away. That's what the fight and flight is. That was the old days. Now what's happening is from the second that we wake up, our thoughts are kicking in and we are in that fight or flight mode. So we drink something like coffee, which by the way, is very cold, which is why people pee or have to pee right afterwards. It's a very cooling food and why certain cultures add cardamom or cinnamon because these are actually warming herbs. So if you're a coffee drinker, that's a nice trick to play with to put cardamom or cinnamon in it. Coffee is not something that gives you energy. Coffee is something that actually uses your own energy in a faster rate. So it kicks in those adrenals, but you end up with a net deficiency of energy. There is a reason. There is lines around the block in these coffee shops all around cities around the world. It's highly addictive, not addictive in ways of shooting heroin. Yes, I understand that. But try not drinking cold cut six cups of coffee or four cups of coffee and see how your body reacts. So, we have to be conscious of these things. The fact that our culture is disconnected and we are so disconnected from our physical bodies makes it very easy for us to not pay attention to the harmfulness of these substances and how they affect us. Moderation is the key. And moderation is not something that this culture aspires to. We aspire to extremes because we're not in the moment. And because we're not in the moment, we're actually not feeling. When we're in our head the way we are, we can run our bodies into the ground because we're not connecting with what's going on underneath. So listen to yourself. If you're a vegan, if you're a vegetarian, you can balance that diet. If you're a meat eater, if you're a fish eater, you can balance those diets. Educate yourself. So besides the fact that we need to get certain minerals, certain vitamins, absolutely. But get to educate yourself and actually read up on this cooling and heating foods. See where your digestions are. If you're someone who really wants to work with raw foods, make sure your digestion is strong enough. You can use digestive enzymes to actually tonify that, especially if you're you know, late 30s, 40s, 50s. Our digestion tends to go south when we reach these ages because they tend to get weaker. If we're pounding coffee on an empty stomach, that can be very destructive, right? So make sure that you're paying attention. Yes, many of us overeat, but this whole thing of like, yeah, don't eat at all and this intermittent fasting can be wonderful. It can be a wonderful mental exercise because our bodies actually, our body minds get very sensitive when we don't have food in ourselves. So just the act of not eating can get us in touch with it. But if your digestion is weak, and you do intermittent fasting, it can actually whack you out. So again, pay attention. If you have issues like diarrhea, like bloating, like constipation, yes, there can be structural things around. Yes, you can have parasites. Check those things out. Work with whoever your health provider is. But at the same time, many times these things can be traced back to paying attention to what our diet is. And because there's so many fads, there is no one-size-fits-all. If you're someone whose body runs cold, you can eat garlic all day and be okay with it. If you're someone like me whose body tends to run hot, doing too much garlic, you'll get irritable. You will get insomnia. Same with alcohol. Same with super spicy foods. So I wanted to share this with you because I see so many crazy fads coming on. And I see people doing damage to themselves. Are you going to die? No. Are you going to be uncomfortable and disconnect with yourself? Absolutely. So pay attention. Pay attention to how you feel when you eat foods. Pay attention to how foods actually make you feel. Pay attention to if you're a coffee drinker, sit and feel your body before you drink coffee. What are you feeling? Whatever that substance is, it has effects on your body mind. So for those of us who are trying to be conscious, Food is a wonderful thing to work with. Not as a psychopath like, I'm just going to eat five calories a day and not as just like, wing it, man, eat whatever. There is a middle road and moderation is a key. Now, let's say you're about to sit down to eat a meal. Feel your body. So what we always talk about. I sit in front of the meal.
1: I drop my breathing. I feel my face. I feel my jaw. I feel my neck and shoulders. Go down into my arms. My elbows. My forearms. My wrists. my fingertips. I feel my chest, my upper back. I align my neck and drop my chin down. Another breath in my belly. I relax my belly. Feel your hips, your groin area, your thighs, your knees, your calves, your shin bones. And feel your feet on the ground. Now, you don't have to do it as long as this. With this body
0: awareness, you can just drop into my body. How am I feeling? If your stomach's feeling irritated and you feel it, maybe you shouldn't be drinking that cup of coffee first thing in the morning. And if you need the caffeine, maybe move over to something a little bit more gentle, like tea. Or maybe if you have to have the coffee, water it down a little bit. Add a warming herb that makes it easier to digest. Cardamom, cinnamon. So pay attention. This is all about attention. As we pay attention, we get more clear. These physical bodies are millions of years old. They have incredible intelligence. By listening to them, and we do that by inhabiting them, we get the information that we need.
1: I send you love always. And always, till next time.